Welcome to Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Guys, you have found our top 10 episode playlist for 2022. These are the cream of the crop, the best of the best from 2017 to today. In fact, these are the episodes that I personally would share with someone who's just learning about this strategy. Maybe you know somebody who'd like to hear this episode too. All right, here we go. Enjoy the episode. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, episode 188, The Founder of Bank on Yourself, Pamela Yellen. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is not your average financial podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. If you've ever wondered the backstory on Bank on Yourself, if you've ever wondered where that strategy came from or who got this whole thing started, I can't wait to introduce my guest to you today. She's been a longtime colleague and a friend of me and my family for many years now. And she's helping to guide and shepherd the concept of Bank on Yourself into the next generation. Uh, she's helped found it many years ago. Uh, and it's out of her own concern and frustration she had with traditional financial strategies. In fact, uh, she's a financial security expert. She's a best-selling author, and she's investigated more than 450 savings and retirement planning strategies. Seeking an alternative to the risk and volatility of stocks and other investments, Pamela's research led her to a time-tested, predictable method of growing and protecting wealth, and she calls it the bank-on-yourself method. And you can go to bankonyourself.com to learn all about it, but it's now used by more than half a million people across this country. Pamela's the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Bank on Yourself and the Bank on Yourself Revolution. Pamela's appeared on every major TV and radio network. She's served as a source for organizations and publications such as the Associated Press, Fox News, Bloomberg Businessweek, Ladies Home Journal, Essence Magazine, Aging Today, and AARP. Her articles have been featured in thousands of major publications and websites, and she's spoken to more than a thousand audiences worldwide. Pamela was born in Buffalo, New York. She's lived in Sarasota, Phoenix, and the San Francisco Bay Area. She graduated from the University of San Francisco with a degree in psychology. And Pamela and her husband, Larry, currently live outside Santa Fe, New Mexico. They enjoy theater, the arts, hiking, biking, bird watching, traveling, gourmet cooking, and working out. In fact, Pamela says she can leg press more than 200 pounds. So uh, I got my work cut out for me, I guess. Uh, she's into reading, spoiling her two grandkids and involved in supporting numerous charitable causes. And in fact, 10% of all her author royalties are donated to educational nonprofits such as the Smile Train, the Nature Conservatory, Susan G. Komen for the Cure, Wounded Warrior Project, Heifer International, and Hawk Watch. I've just been more than impressed. In fact, I've been just jaw-dropped amazed at Pamela's life, her story, and her commitment to excellence in everything she does. She's been a good friend and a colleague to me for and my family, really, for many years now. And the wisdom and the reflection and the action she's taken is something I can aspire to. And I hope to ins inspire you guys to that same standard. So with that introduction, I can't wait to reintroduce uh, Pamela Yellen to all of you. Pamela, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Mark. So glad to have you. Pamela, tell me and tell all of us, you know, you helped found, oh, you did found and started and even trademarked the phrase bank on yourself. But I want to know what led you to bank on yourself. Absolutely. Well, you know, my husband and I had been doing all the things that we have been taught to do, the same things everyone else is taught to do, the conventional financial wisdom. And we just weren't coming anywhere close to getting the kind of returns or results that they kept telling us we ought to be able to get. And we were max funding uh we have our own company, so we were max funding our pension plan um, since we didn't have 401ks. And we were funding this pension plan, and 
we had been advised to put all of our retirement savings into tax-deferred, government-controlled retirement plans like 401Ks, IRAs, and profit-sharing plans. And then we discovered, however, too late, that our money was locked up in the plans and that we had virtually no control over it. And then we discovered that in return for deferring our taxes, we were going to get socked with much higher taxes long-term because, Mm -hmm. I mean, look around you. What direction, you know, do we all think tax rates are going to go over the long-term? And you got to prepare for a retirement that could last 20 or 30 or more years. Um, We'd also suffered through a couple major, major market crashes. And just when you start thinking, you know, we're doing really good, we're going to be so good when it's time to, you know, to retire, we're going to be in fabulous position. And then you're losing half of your hard-earned savings in stock market crashes. And that happened to us twice before we finally just said, that's it, we're done. And so then one of, see, I've been working with uh, financial advisors and insurance agents for quite a while now, probably 30, 30, over 30 years. And I had a business building financial advisor client who one day said to me, hey, Pamela, have you ever heard of this? And this turned out to be what I have termed and trademarked, as you mentioned, bank on yourself, the bank on yourself strategy. And it's, uh, you know, when I started researching it and my husband started researching it and we read the books on it and we couldn't poke any holes in it. So we started implementing it in our own way. I always do that first. I'm not going to you know, teach anybody or or suggest to anybody that they do something that I haven't already done with my own money. And so we experimented with it. We used it in our own financial plan, and it worked like gangbusters. And so then I decided that I would devote myself 100% to refining the concept, the Bank on Yourself concept, and educating the public about this amazing, but at that time, very little known concept. So you had quite a repertoire and uh, a influence with many financial advisors, and you say financial advisors, insurance agents, other mm-hmm. financial professionals, and you start sharing 30, this. Oh my 30, goodness! Thirty thousand. I worked yeah, just, with thir- just a few. I literally, <laughs> I, I literally coached thirty thousand, more than thirty thousand financial advisors over the years. And what was funny about it was that they would, they were, they were always bringing me strategies, you know. Right. And they would say, "Pamela, what do you think about this?" And man, I, I ended up investigating because I was interested for our own, you know, purposes. I ended up investigating over about. 450 different financial strategies that these advisors and insurance agents had brought to me looking for something that I thought was worthwhile using in our own plan. And we did end up implementing the best of the bunch. And uh, honestly, out of 450 strategies, only three or four or five of them passed our initial due diligence test. Hmm. And so when we implemented them, all but one ended up being not even worth the paper it was printed on uh, and costing us, you know, not only the money we had invested, but, you know, more money than we had invested. You actually can lose some investments. You can lose more than you invested. And so the only one that passed everything and that actually worked was the bank on yourself strategy. So you had your pick of thousands, tens of thousands of financial professionals that you could partner up with, work with, you know, you're, you're coaching them, but I assume you might retain some of their services for tax strategies or investment strategies. And yet you're saying that with hundreds of presentations and pitches and whatever, how many of them were just not worth the paper they were printed on? That's, that's jaw dropping. Pamela, to hear you say that. It's scary. Um, It's scary. And they were complicated and, you know, Mm -hmm. but I really researched, I I am a researcher, I'm an investigator, and I researched them deeply. And most of them, you would be like, I wouldn't touch this with a 
pull. And then even the ones that I did use turned out to be disastrous. Wow. But then you walk into a room of these financial professionals and advisors, and you share this idea of bank on yourself. Did you run into much resistance when you started sharing you know, this new, newfangled, to them anyway, newfangled concept? Yeah. Well, as you, as you, as you know, uh, Mark, <laughs> it was a lot more than resistance because the bank on yourself concept allows you to bypass both Wall Street and banks to grow your wealth. And those organizations, those companies, those industries really, really hate that. And they will do almost anything to try to stop you. And I have all the arrows in my back to prove it. But fortunately, I also have a very thick skin. And I always keep the advice of one of my mentors in front of me. And I hope that everyone listening will write this down, unless you're driving. Um, Here it is. If you don't offend somebody by noon each day, you're not doing much. Mm, And really, when you think about it, isn't that true? That if you're not stirring up in the waters, if you're not ruffling some feathers, you're probably not really doing much. And the other thing that really helped me get through this, and it wasn't easy. I will admit there were nights when I cried myself to sleep. Um, But I do keep a bulging file of testimonials from people all over the U.S. and Canada whose lives have been changed by implementing the bank on yourself concept in their financial plan. So when I'm feeling down or I come across something on the Internet that's full of just accusations that that aren't even based on fact, but, you know, they're out there. There's all kinds of misconceptions and myths about the bank on yourself concept. But when I'm feeling down, I pull out those testimonials and I remember that my mission is to help people enjoy the financial security and peace of mind that they want and deserve, but that unfortunately mm-hmm. keeps most people. Pamela, that's awesome. Uh, I got to imagine to, to have a audience and a client base of 30,000 financial Ed, uh, educators, professional um, accountants, invest, investment advisors, insurance agents, and then to have arrows in your back from that same crowd, that had to be tough. I oh, mean, what, what's it your, really what, wasn't. What, it wasn't just the, that crowd. It yeah. was, you know, as soon as my, well, see, my, my first two books that I wrote, the first one I wrote in 2006, my first two books hit the New York Times bestseller list. And so, oh, my gosh, you, every Tom, Dick, and Harry came out of the woodwork to attack it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Dave Ramsey's of the world and the Susie Ormans, but everyone else, too. Everyone else had to jump on the bandwagon, every financial so-called expert. And their, their attacks were so full of holes. You could punch holes into it, you know, all day long. But... You know, that's the conventional wisdom, so many people believe it. Yeah. What, what's your biggest frustration about the, uh, the oh-so-average financial infotainment in industry? <laughs> that's exactly what it is, infotainment. It's not real education. It's parroting. You know, they're all parroting each other with the same advice that hasn't worked. Every major decent, you know, thinking expert, the Center for Retirement Research and so many other organizations have found that the conventional wisdom that people are following, the 401ks, the tax deferrals, the IRAs, oh my gosh, the investing in in the stock market have done nothing to create financial security for the vast majority of people. Most people will have to uh, live on much less than they are living on during their working years once they retire, and many of them are going to run out of money before they die. And that's a fate that surprisingly many people think is worse, worse than death. Mm-hmm. And yet there's just very little uh, wiggle room in the mindset of you know, yeah, everyone parroting like, everyone else. Yep. Keep 
keep doing what you've been doing because it makes those people very, very rich. I mean, yeah. I've yeah. one of the biggest. That's one of the biggest accusations that they make. Oh, we're not going to. We're going to get into in a little bit, Mark. What is the bank on yourself? concept you know mm-hmm. based on we'll get into that in just a minute but one of the things that they always say about it is oh it, it's it you charge people so much to be in these plans and we've shown we can show you and i show this in my books that if you put your money in the same amount of money into an investment account a stock market account you're going to pay 10 times more in fees and commissions wow. than you would bank on yourself 10 times more yeah Amazing. With no gar- and with no guarantee. No guarantee that you're going to have any particular amount of money or enough money to retire on when you're ready to retire, when you plan to retire. Well, okay, I want to move on to your, your newest book because you mentioned two-time New York Times bestselling author. Not just everybody can say that. In fact, almost nobody can say that. That is awesome, Pamela. So congratulations. Thank your you. latest book, Rescue Your Retirement, uh, recently came out. And I want to make a side comment. Anybody listening to this, if you've made it this far into the interview, please wait, because we're going to tell you at the end of the interview how to get a free copy of this book, but you have to stay to the end. Uh, so first of all, Pamela, um, you wrote the book, Rescue Your Retirement. Uh, and I'd like to know, sort of tell me a bit about the lack of predictability of these conventional retirement plans that are out there, 401ks, IRAs, uh, and we could, the list could go on. Um, what is it about them that lack predictability uh, for the average American? Well, I'd like to ask your listeners a critically, a critically important question. If you are saving, like most people, in 401ks, IRAs, and so on, can you tell me what the value of your retirement accounts will be on the day you plan to tap into them? Think about that. Can you tell me? And I'm not talking about what you hope. I'm talking about what you know, what you can guarantee you will have. And if you are saving for retirement the conventional way, with the majority of your nest egg in the Wall Street casino, the reality is that you have absolutely no clue what the value of your retirement accounts will be at any particular point Mm. in time. And, you know, you hope you'll have enough to retire comfortably, but in the back of your mind, you worry that the next major crash could wipe out 40 or 50% or more of your nest egg again and turn your dreams of retirement into a nightmare. Mm -hmm. I I have a personal story that I would like to share with your listeners because this will give you a a clue of the types of things that my husband and I, you know, went through following the conventional wisdom. Now I'm going to go back to the uh, go-go years of the dot-com bubble. Then when that burst in 2001, my husband Larry and I had gotten into the habit of checking the value of our retirement account almost every day because it was growing that fast. And we... (laughs) We would see such an enormous jump in the value, sometimes in a week, almost every week, that we would be jumping around the house, high-fiving each other and shouting, we're rich, we're rich. (laughs) (laughs) And I was stupid then. And didn't we all feel like we were sitting real pretty again before the financial crash of 2008? Right. And then, you know, we discover for the zillionth time that what goes up fast usually comes down fast, too. And the stock and real estate markets did just that with a resounding thud. And these collapses took the retirement security of millions of Americans with them. All of our prosperity went unrealized. And we see the same principle in our home values. And right now, we're in a... Oof, you know, I'm not going to fall for this, but I will tell you that we live in a house right now that did not, we bought it 11 years ago. And up until this, about six months ago, it had appreciated a grand total of 1% over 10 years. Wow. Not 1% a year, 1% total. In the last six months, it's appreciated, oh, 
somewhere between 20 to 35 percent. But that is what we call a paper gain. It is not the same. There is paper wealth and yeah. real yeah. wealth. Oh, it's so it's ro- so seductive to have that that number oh on gosh. Zillow or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. so, it's so easy. But until you sell an asset, real estate or your stock market investments or your Bitcoin or whatever it is, and you hopefully lock in your profits, it's just paper wealth. It is unrealized, and it can vanish just when you really need the money. So true. Yeah. How do we make unrealized gains realized? Uh, You have to have someone write you that check. That's so true, Pamela. So where does Bank on Yourself fit in? How is this strategy different from the 400 plus other things that uh, you you researched, 400 plus other financial products that you researched? Tell us about how Bank on Yourself as a strategy differs from everything else that you've explored. So it it is based on a supercharged variation of an asset that has increased in value every single year for more than 200 years. How many things do you know that have increased in value every single year for more than 200 years? I challenge you to find anything that's done that. But what it is, is it is dividend-paying whole life insurance. And when people hear the words whole life insurance, they have a knee-jerk reaction thanks to all the Wall Street and hacks that have bad-mouthed it because they can't make any commissions on it. Um, but what happens is your policy will grow by a guaranteed preset amount each and every year, no matter what's happening in the markets. And you can actually know the minimum guaranteed value of your retirement savings on the day you plan to retire and at every point along the way. So it's really important that we discuss that this is not the kind of whole life insurance that many financial, if not most, financial advisors and gurus love to hate. When people work with a bank-on-yourself professional like yourself, their policies will have riders or options added to them that significantly increase the growth of your cash value. So you'll actually have cash value in the first month, and you could use your policy as a financial management tool from day one. And this is very unlike a 401k or an IRA or a similar government-controlled retirement plan, when, and they do have more strings attached to them than a puppet. But <laughs> unlike that, a policy owner can access their equity in the policy anytime they want for any reason at all by answering just two questions. How much do you want and where do you want it sent? And in a few days, the money will be in your account. Mm, wow. That's and, refreshing. And in fact, yeah, it, it's amazing. And, Mark, I know you help a lot of your clients with using their cash values, taking policy loans, loans against their cash value for all kinds of things. Do you want to talk about some of the things that you've helped them use cash values for? It's it's a revolution in the way people use and understand this thing called money. That's the best thing I can say. And we've been, for fun, we've been collecting a little series of testimonials and explainers and quick uh, examples of how some of our hundreds of clients around the United States have been able to use their policies. I have a few here. Um, yeah, real estate investments, uh, one couple. Uh, here in the United States and Michigan, uh, have used the policies then to supplement the purchase of a 43-unit storage facility to uh, increase their investments inside the real estate. Another couple uh, put a down payment on their first house and also got a vehicle and also paid off a motorcycle loan and also went on a trip to Hawaii. I mean, this is is like a back-to-back-to-back, you know, it's like a repeat on a movie there. That's awesome. Uh, (laughs) Others have used it to open up their business. One one lady in particular used it to start a salon. Uh, And it's some people are just getting started, you know, and others are, are, you know, uh, neck deep in this strategy and love it. Uh, And for them and a lot of our clients, they just say it brings a sense of sanity and peace. But I guess I'm curious, what's, what's the best thing that's happened to you, Pamela, since you started your bank on yourself journey? 
man, I, well, so many things. Besides, you know, the predictability and knowing that we're not going to get socked, we're going to be able to take, ta- you know, tax-free uh, withdrawals, tax-free retirement income. We've used it for so many different things. The very first thing we used it for was when my husband ended up having tri- quadruple bypass surgery. And um, that goes back a ways, but we got hit with $15,000 in expenses, uh, you know, hospital bills and doctor bills and so on that weren't covered by insurance. And we would normally have, you know, just, it would have been so stressful. We would have had to, you know, put it on credit cards and then we would have had to pay those back. But we, you know, made a call to the insurance company and, and uh, within days, the money was in our account paid all the bills off in full, and then we made payments back to our bank on yourself policy. And it took a couple years back then. Um, But at the end of that, we had all that money recaptured into our policy and available to use for whatever we wanted and then ultimately to be available to be used for our retirement. But another... Another really good story, because you mentioned using it for business purposes. Um, so when my first New York, when my first book, actually my first book, um, came out in 2006, uh, we, our company was pretty rudimentary back then. And I decided that if I, because I got to tell you, writing a book especially one that could have the potential to become a New York Times bestseller, which this one did, is very hard. At least it is for me. And, uh, and it took an immense amount of time and it was quite painful in a lot of ways, and I'm, I would do it all over again. But the interesting thing was that when the book came out, I had decided that I needed to up-level everything in the company. I needed a whole new website. I needed a new tech team, a, you know, a more advanced tech team. I needed to have everything in place because I was determined it was going to be a New York Times bestseller. I had to be able to handle it. I had to hire more people and so on. And that was during a, re- a huge recession, and that was, you know, you couldn't get money at that time from right. anybody. Thanks, weren't. Exactly generous yeah, during those times. Oh no! Yeah. I mean, yeah. even if you were, even if you had golf, you know, with your banker every every week for thirty years, they were telling you, "Sorry, we don't have any money when to lend." So, I had really not used the money in my policies much, and I just kept stocking it away and stocking it away. And then that I thought, okay, how much do I really need to invest in my company in order to get the results I wanted to up level everything? I thought. Pencil it out, half a million dollars, $500,000. Yeah, right. Where was I going to get $500,000 from a bank? So I didn't have enough in any one policy, but I I called, I think it was two or three insurance companies and uh, took a policy loan, and all of it was in my account within a week. Wow. And then I invested it all in, in the business, because I felt very confident that if I did this in my business, I knew it would work. I knew I would get a fabulous return on my money, and that's exactly what happened. And, of course, I was able to pay all that back, and the money's there for anything that we want and for retirement. Because uh, eventually, Mark, I'm going to retire. <laughs> no. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think. But, you know, um, there is an amazing feature that's available only in policies owned by a handful of life insurance companies, the kind of companies that you use at Lake Growth Financial Services, because they have the best products and features needed to maximize the power of the concept, and they are some of the financially strongest companies in the country. Now, this feature is called non-direct recognition policy loans. That's just a fancy way of saying that when you take a policy loan, the company acts as though you never took the loan when crediting you with your annual 
guaranteed cash value increase and any dividends that they pay out. Hmm. So that means that your policy actually continues growing as though you had never touched a dime of it, which is exactly why many people, myself included, call this the eighth wonder of the world. Pamela, I've, I've, I've got to uh, just briefly interrupt you here. And you're right. It is the eighth wonder of the world. You're exactly right. I'm, I'm just struck, though, at the story because you just told us that you got access in the midst of the Great Recession when banks were not lending. You got a half of a million dollars directly with deposited no in your bank account with no questions asked <laughs> within a week. Now, how many other people would be giving the right arm to do that. And I assume that your policies had not suffered the downturn of the Great Recession. Right. No, they kept crash. growing. They kept wow. growing just the so same. Sa- and, saving know, all it, of your it, principal, but gains on top of that. That's un- unbelievable. Yeah. But, and, and it and, is interesting because I was in, I, I, I've been participated in various mastermind groups with other successful business owners. And at the time I was in one, and I remember that my colleagues in, in that group were all crying. I can't get any money. They were telling me the story about, you know, my banker's my best friend. and He just said there's no money available. Mm. And I told them what I did, and they were blown away and how easy it was to get money. But, you know, it doesn't mean that they necessarily saw the light and followed through, and that's a shame. Right. It's a shame. Well- you, you obviously, you, you had a couple of things at your back there. You had compound growth. You had mm-hmm. guarantees that that money was safe and available. Uh, and mm-hmm. you had the loan feature, which you mentioned non-direct loans, which provides that incredible uh, uninterrupted growth on the cash, even on the capital you borrow. Right. Uh, and, the, and the right to borrow at any time, written right into your contract. It's not like they'll take that, that right away from you if it's written right into the contract. They can't. It's, it's, a uni- it's called a unilateral contract, which means your contract with the insurance company is unilateral, which means they cannot make changes to it unless you agree to them. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Because in your four, you all know, in your 401k and your IRA, they can change the rules, and they do. You made your business that much more competitive in a world when people were not able to access cash. You had it. But Pamela, I want to emphasize, I, I suppose you had to, you didn't have the forethought, or maybe you did, uh, that you were going to write a book when you started your policies. I mean, some of your policies no. maybe were a few years old at that point, and, and you had just been diligently saving. Is that right? Well, yeah, and that's the whole thing is that you, opportunities arise just like emergencies do. Emergencies arise, and we generally have no clue that they're coming. That's why they call them emergencies. Yeah. That's why you need a, an enormous, you know, a rainy day fund equal to at least two years of your household income not and your expenses, not three to six months. That's baloney. That will never get you through. Look at the pandemic. You know, people mm-hmm. have been out of work here. But... You know, uh, it's important that you have that available to you because just like emergencies arise, so do opportunities. And this is really limited only by your imagination. One other story I would love to tell you, real quick one. During that same crash, there was one of the bank on yourself. uh, We call them bank on yourself revolutionaries. One of them had started his policy some years back. And his brother-in-law called and said, we're having a baby, and we can't, afford, we can't keep the baby for a number of reasons. Would you adopt our baby? And there was, you know, he didn't, he, there was no money at that time available, and he, did, he didn't want to put it on credit cards. He was able to take a policy loan to enable him to cover all of the costs of adoption and to travel to to that location and to, you know, take the baby home. And he basically saved the baby and, and his brother-in-law and um, with a policy loan. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no limit to what you can use this for. And this whole thing about solving the problem of, you mentioned, you know, cons- it solves the problem of constantly interrupting the growth of your money 
whenever you use it to make a purchase or an investment. So your money can actually be working for you in two places at one time. And, Mark, there is no other financial vehicle or strategy that gives you that advantage. Mm -hmm. But it's important that people work with a bank-on-yourself professional like yourself and the professionals you have trained in your Lake Growth Agency because, again, there aren't many companies that offer the right policies. And if your policy isn't structured correctly or isn't with the right company, it will grow much more slowly or it could lose the tax advantages or both. Hmm. Is that partly why you created the Bank on Yourself Professionals uh, cohort yeah. and training? Yeah. Tell, tell us more about why you did that. And, and if there's a story behind it, I'd love to know the history there, there as well. There is. Because when I first, you know, start, when I fired it, we, my, Mary and I started our first two policies. Um, I'm trying, you know, we're, we're going back maybe, I don't know how many years here. But after we learned about this concept and the different way of structuring these to supercharge them, we went to um, a financial advisor insurance agent who had actually approached us, and he said, oh, I can do that for you. I know exactly how to do that. I attended a seminar on it. I've attended training on it. I know how to do that. So we said, great. So he set up two policies for us, and a couple of years later, we found out, we get a notice from the insurance company that they're going to turn into, and we don't have to get into the, too much of the details of this, but they were going to turn into modified endowment contracts, which means that they were they would lose the tax advantages. We couldn't take tax-free retirement income, and um, we, I literally spent over forty hours arguing with the life insurance company. I went all the way to the top um, of the company. And they finally were able to help me resolve it after 40 hours. But what they told me is they said that they wished that their insurance agents had never even heard of this strategy because they didn't have a clue what they were doing when they set it up. And they had more complaints because of these people who thought they knew how to do it but really didn't. And so that is when... You know, and this training is sponsored by a company that's separate from me. I don't have any, uh, I don't have any stock in it or any ownership in it. But they were chosen for their their proven track record of training and really helping you know insurance agents and financial advisors make sure that they have the education and training and the right companies and the right products to do the right thing for their clients. So that's how that the Bank on Yourself professional program came about. There are infinite numbers of, um, I'll call them big influencers and YouTube advisors out there mm -hmm. now who also have found this strategy very compelling. So maybe <laughs> your message is working, Pamela, but uh, you have specifically trademarked and copywritten some of this intellectual property and, and it there's a very specific process, uh, I, I realize now. Uh, it took yeah. me years to really get to this level of, of and really mentors from uh, the advisors you've helped train uh, have then since mentored me. It's not just something you can pick up off a shelf, no. is it? No, it isn't, and it isn't like a one-week training. It's And there's ongoing requirements for continuing education because things change, and we want to make sure you're as up-to-date as possible on it. And so, really, if you're not working with a bank-on-yourself professional, you could be in for some uh, unhappy surprises. It's very important to work with a bank-on-yourself professional um, who has all of that training. And, and, you know, like, for example, Mark, you and your, you know, the bank-on-yourself professionals that you've trained in your agency, you work with policy design experts who collectively have designed over 10,000 of these policies. Mm -hmm. You know, so, it, it's uh, pretty it's amazing. And, oh, yeah, and here's something really interesting. Is it easy to get into the program, the Bank on Yourself professional program? No, it's not. Only one out of every 20 applicants are even accepted. And what's so phenomenal about this is much like when I get my smartphone, all I have to do is swipe and it works. 
I don't know, and I don't care to know all the engineering that went into the thing to be able to make it work. I just care that it works. When I swipe, it works. And in many ways, our clients feel the same about their policies. You know, they don't have to know unless they really want to exactly what a term writer is and how the MEC limit is calculated and all that. But for many of our clients who want to use it to pay off their student loans or invest in real estate or whatever they choose to do with the cash value, uh, or just use it for life insurance, of course, uh, it's just to set it and um, not forget it, but set it and relax with it type financial strategy, Pamela. So you've, you've contrasted this to the 401k. You've contrasted this to taxable retirement accounts. And there are probably more than we have time for uh, tax advantages, but would you quickly kind of just uh, maybe give our listeners some idea of the research sure. you've done and how these tools can be used for tax advantaged yeah. income? Yeah. Well, there's a number of ways, as you said, and we won't get into all of them today, but the number of ways that the bank on yourself strategy can help protect you from higher taxes and expenses. First of all, unlike a 401k or IRA, you can access both your principal and gains tax-free under current tax law. And in fact, the income you take under normal circumstances isn't even reported to the IRS, so you have privacy there. Oh, that's cool. Um, They're talking about raising capital gains taxes, but the income you take from a bank on yourself policy isn't subject to capital gains taxes. Now, here's an interesting tax benefit, because a lot of people don't even realize until they get there that you may have to pay taxes on your Social Security income. And it's fairly common now for even middle-income folks to owe taxes on up to 85% of their Social Security benefit. But the income you take from a bank-on-yourself policy is not included when the IRS determines whether or how much of your Social Security check is taxed. Um, Then there's uh, the fact that the bank-on-yourself safe wealth-building strategy relies on a high cash value, low commission, dividend-paying whole life insurance policy, and it comes with an increasing death benefit that passes to your loved one's income tax-free. And um, since we started our policies quite some time ago now, the death benefit of many of our families' policies has already doubled or tripled or more. So um, it's pretty amazing. And... Many bank-on-yourself type policies allow you to access a significant portion of your policy's death benefit during your lifetime to pay for health care, chronic illnesses, debilitating illnesses, or terminal illnesses. And here's something that gives us a lot of peace of mind. The, the pandemic has really shown up the, the problems in nursing homes and long-term care facilities. Right. So what if you would yeah what if you would prefer to uh, have home have be taken care of in your own home hire people to come into your home and help you with home health care well you can use the death benefit of these policies while you're alive for that does it get any better than that that's amazing it, uh, show me a four hundred one k that could do this Pamela <laughs> <laughs> even one yeah. of those things so yeah. you've even said the guy or the the gentleman who sort of was considered to be the father of the four hundred one k has made a a shift publicly. Do you want to share any more about that? Oh, sure. Uh, Ted Benna is the man who is considered to be the father of the 401k. And he has been saying for years, at least six or seven years now, he's been saying that the 401k has turned into a monster that should be destroyed for all of the reasons that we've just discussed and more. But a few years ago, he revealed that he now puts most of his own money into the high cash value, dividend-paying, whole life insurance policies that are most commonly known as bank-on-yourself type policies. Wow. That's, it's jaw-dropping when you realize that the 401k is so young, it, it's not even old enough to retire yet. Yep. And yet the, the person who created it or found it or whatever in the tax code has now since jumped off that ship and yeah. is and on to uh, the swimming bank on to the yourself. life raft. Yeah, the bank on yourself life raft. You got That's it. That's great. Cool. Well, okay, so you wrote a book that covers a lot of this. And for our listeners who would like to dive deeper into some of these strategies, 
your book has some uh, uh, key, I think, elements that folks won't hear on CNBC, Squawk Box, the rest of the infotainers, etc. Um, tell us, you know, about the book, Rescue Your Retirement. And again, for all of you listeners who've made it this far, you obviously are interested in a sane and tr- predictable financial strategy that you can count on. And Pamela, you've done the nation and the world really a service and just reminding us that Wall Street's obligation was not written on tablets of stone. Where is that written? That we have to put all of our money on the the Wall Street casino. So tell us about uh, Rescue Your Retirement and what we can expect out of the book. Well, the the subhead of that book is five wealth-killing traps of 401ks, IRAs, and Roth plans and how to avoid them. And it really, it's a, it's a very, it's a concise and easy read, and I wrote it that way. It's only 85 pages work, and I urge everyone to read it right away. But if you do have a 401K, I want you to be sure to read the section on pages 36 and 37 about how most employers today are now automatically putting your money into a type of mutual fund which has a very good chance of turning your retirement dream into a nightmare. Most of most employers today are putting your money into that type of fund automatically, and you, it's just astonishing because it turns out that 90% of all employees will just let their employer do whatever they wanted, whatever they say, oh, this is where you should be, and they just, like lemmings, off a mm-hmm. cliff. They just go ahead and do it. So that's on page 36 and 37 of the book. And, Mark, can you tell them how to book a strategy session with you and get a uh, free copy of Rescue Your Retirement? Yeah, guys. Again, um, Pamela has been uh, telling us, sharing with us some a story of her life, but also the the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands across this country. I think you've told me 500,000 uh, Americans. It's uh, oh, well over, life. well over that. That's very wow. concerning. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's this is a, a revolution that's been sweeping the country. It's been around for 200 years, but it's certainly picking up steam. And so, if you want to rescue your retirement, you can go to findoutmorenow.com. Findoutmorenow.com, and then there's a little passcode we'll give you. Uh, when you fill out the simple form to get this book, just type in the words Mark sent me all one word no spaces mark sent me uh and you'll have to correct me if i'm wrong here pamela but is that case sensitive no it's not and i think even if they put a space it won't matter but mark sent me not case sensitive but that will get you an instant copy of our free special report five simple steps to bypass wall street fire your banker and take back control of your financial future Awesome. And so that's fine. Findoutmorenow.com, passcode, Mark sent me. But Mark, tell them, then tell them how they get the, how do they get the free book? As soon as we get the free book, oh, as soon as you fill out that form, uh, we'll be notified and we'll get you that special report. If you guys would like to get the book, Rescue Your Retirement, it's very simple. Just go to the, land, the landing page uh, of uh, Not Your Average Financial Podcast. That's NYA financialpodcast.com and click on request a meeting. There's a little button right there, request a meeting, and make sure to write in the note of your appointment uh, for your 15-minute introductory phone appointment where you can ask a question and whatnot. Write the words, rescue your retirement book. If you write those words, we'll know to send you a copy when we have that 15-minute meeting with you and answer any further questions you have on this episode. So Pamela, as we wrap up today, I want to just ask you one final question, and that is, you've shared uh, a ton of insights on particular financial strategies, but I want to take it up the ladder just a rung or two, and let's pretend for a moment you couldn't leave any financial money at all. Like, let's say money wasn't even a thing. Let's just say all you could leave us was a principle or a habit for success or a strategy that you've implemented for your own success in your business. What would you leave if you could only leave one or two principles uh, for the rest of us to follow? Don't follow conventional wisdom. 
the most successful people in the world did not take the road, did not take the road most traveled. They took the mm-hmm. road less traveled because there are, as we talked about, there are so many people parroting the same old tired advice, even when it doesn't work, and so many people following that advice like lemmings off the cliff. Don't volunteer to be a victim. Think for yourself, do your research, and ensure that you have financial peace of mind for the rest of your life. It's, you, we were not born to experience financial pain, worry, and stress in our gold, so-called golden years. You don't have to have that. That's awesome. Pamela, thank you for your insights, your wisdom, your candor, your stories, and uh, let's keep the revolution rolling. Let's do it. Thank you, Mark. Love it. Thanks, Pamela. What a great conversation and what a great person. Thank you, Pamela, for your contributions to the revolution, for helping spark the fire that's been lit under so many of us. My life, my financial life, and more would not be the same had it not been you sticking your neck out all those years ago to help think different and live different with your money, your economy, and your future, Pamela. And thank you for that. Uh, And guys, yes, I have just a critically important question to ask you guys. Uh, As you heard the interview, could you tell me what your value of your retirement accounts are going to be on the day you plan to tap into them? That was a question Pamela brought up early on. Now, if you're saving the conventional way, the majority of your nest egg is in the Wall Street casino, there's really no clue of what that value is going to be. That, that, that's just stark and true. Uh, nothing I've seen has uh, convinced me any other way. There's no guarantees in Wall Street except what your investment advisor is going to get paid this year. It's really just a hope and pray strategy. But really, there's been market crashes that have taken 40 or even 50% of our nest egg away from us, uh, turning our financial dreams into a nightmare. So it, it really is a hope and pray plan, and it's had disastrous results. So my biggest takeaway from the conversation with Pamela is that it's okay to think different and it's okay to find alternative solutions. It's okay to be not your average. And she is the original, not your average revolutionary. So to finally wrap up here, thank you, Pamela, for your commitment to the revolution and to help all of us think different. As we wrap up today, guys, I just want to thank you for joining me and Pamela for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.